I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Luck. I'm a writer for The Athletic, and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is Brad Keselowski, driver slash co-owner for RFK Racing. And of course, if you know anything about Brad Keselowski at all, you know he's one of the most unique thinkers in motor racing and always has a, a fascinating perspective to bring. And so anytime you get to go inside the mind of Brad, hold on, because it's going to be a fun and uh, interesting time. So let's just go ahead and jump right into this week's 12 questions. All right, everybody, we're here with Brad Kozlowski for yet another 12 questions. I think we've been doing this since 2010, so still going strong here, Brad. 13 years? Or is this this be season 14, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think, yeah. Season 14, wow. Crazy. You're like uh, Seinfeld or something. At some point, you're just going to be like, all right, the run is over. The run is over. <laughs> Go ask somebody else these questions. going to bow out. <laughs> Do a lot of people listen to Jeff's 12 questions or, uh, or listen to or read? Which one it's, is it? It's shifted. Now more people um, listen than read. Huh, it wow. really happened the last couple of years. That's kind. Used Thanks to always for listening. Be, yes. Hello, everybody. Yeah. I don't know. P- people's viewing or listen, cons- consumption, consumption habits. Consumption habits have changed. Yes. Yes. Are you a podcast guy? Uh, I am. I am. Yeah. Since NASCAR podcasts got really good, I don't know if you listen to any of these NASCAR no. podcasts, but no, you know. I, I'll be honest. Like, I get bored. Yeah, I can't listen to. Po- I don't know how people. I'm glad people are listening to your podcast. <laughs> I, I bet I get two, three, four, five podcast requests a week, and I'm a no, 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 no. I, I don't know. I just I can't get it. I've tried. Yeah, it's not been through effort. I don't. Know, I, I guess I feel guilty listening to a podcast. Like I should be doing something. You, you need you need your your well I mean I only listen to them in the car so you for you if you're in the car driving somewhere I assume you're you're probably making a business call or a yeah, phone oh, call yeah, or totally. something when yeah. I'm in the car like my phone is just on fire yeah I've got, it's gotten so bad where if I don't plug my phone in in my car it'll go dead I, it doesn't surprise me yeah. yeah so and then I always run into this thing and I don't know if you ever run into this Jeff where you make phone calls and nobody answers. Like you'll make like five in a row. Oh, okay. And nobody answers. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you'll you'll you have a call. Somebody answers. You'll get talking. You'll get in a really good conversation. And everybody else that <laughs> missed your call calls you. They back. all call back in the middle. And you're like, so I'm always in this. I've always got this problem, Jeff, of the priority of calls. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, because if you get four or five calls in on your priority list, yeah. And you get in a good talk with like priority number four or five and priority number one calls. Now you're like, you're trying to rush this person off the phone. You're like, and you feel after like, you called them. Yeah, yeah. After you called them, you're like, all right, all right, gotta go. All right. All right it's been good. It's got, I really gotta go. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> the, the tricky balance of a man with a zillion jobs. Yeah. Yeah. You know how it is. You- <laughs> no, not, not, not like you do. Well, let's, let's do this. I'm okay. ready for 12 right. questions, Jeff. So the first one is, you must pick one chore or obligation to do every day for a year, 
But if you make it the whole year doing this, you never have to do it again for the rest of your life. So which chore do you pick? My wife would tell you I don't do any chores. Um, <laughs> she would, I mean, honestly, she would totally tell you, like, you don't do anything around the house. Like, well, I mean, I pay for it. Um, which I think is probably one of the most important parts of chores at the house. Although she did not agree with me when I said that. Um, that's not a good move, by the way, for any single man out there. Um, the one thing I do occasionally that I don't get a lot of credit for is I take out the trash. Okay, yeah. I think that's a very manly thing. I don't know what it is about women that do not like to take out the trash. So I do take out the trash. And, uh, you know, I've got kids, and my youngest is still in diapers. It's a pretty nasty job some days. I would say that would be my one, taking out the trash. Yeah, you got to get it out before it smells up the whole place. Yes, okay. for sure. Can you describe how you are as a passenger in a streetcar? Awesome. I am like the best passenger you could have in a car. Uh, I DJ the whole way. Oh, okay. Especially if it's in a car ride over, you know, 20, 30 minutes. I like it. I think I'm a good passenger. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll make jokes. I think it's very lively. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to say because you just look at your phone and never look up the well, entire time. Well, that too. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, usually I'll get a song started. Oh, okay. And then I'll do that, you know, just out of courtesy. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking for me to navigate, yeah, I'm like a C. Oh, okay. Uh, but if you're looking for me to dial in the tunes, if you're looking for a lively conversation, you got it. Okay. All right. What is an app on your phone that you love using and think more people should know about? Um, project management boards. Project management boards? Yep. I have like three or four of them. Um, project management board, like I pretty much run my life off of them. Okay. Which I don't even is, know what that is. Um, and there's like hundreds of them but uh i use some that are business related some that aren't business related i have jira i have zoho um i mean i i have a bunch of zoho and jira are the two biggest ones zoho is more of a crm than a uh, project board but i use it as a project board uh jira is probably the one i use the most confluence a little bit as well probably nobody knows what those are so what, what is it? It lists like you, you have a big project and it lists a bunch of steps or a bunch of people that need to be involved yep. in and it or something? and it's a way for me to involve multiple people in my life in them. Okay. Uh, so you can use them personally with like a contractor on your house. You can use them with your wife. Like, hey, this is our to-do list and you can reprioritize at any time. Um, it's all GSD stuff. Get stuff done. You know, I don't have a PhD. I have a GSD. Okay. And if you want to get stuff done, you better put a project board in your life. Okay. Interesting. That's good advice. Because that's, that's how you can keep up with it. Because most of the projects that are worth doing are not like a to-do list projects. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, to do this project is multiple steps and levels and requires engaging people. And those people not getting back to you for a week or two. And then, you know, it converges to different power, converges or diverges to different paths. And you can document it the whole step of the way. And so if you forget where you're at, project board will... Like, oh, yes, that's right. I'm waiting on this. Da-da-da. Let me call that guy again because I never heard back from him or whatever oh, it might be. Oh, okay. So Jira, Confluence, Soho, those are my, my three biggest. Pretty sure nobody knows what they are. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe I'll try to figure out. I think out I found three you don't know about, which yeah, is no. really saying something. <laughs> uh, what do you do to make yourself feel better when you're having a crappy day? Um, well, like most people, I have coping mechanisms. Um Social media is not a bad coping mechanism. The problem with that is if you go on social media looking to make your day better, 
you're generally going to be disappointed. Although occasionally, I, you'll go and you'll find stuff that makes you laugh. Uh, I like falling down YouTube rabbit holes. Mm. That's always good when you're having a bad day. Like, I'll go watch a race or a funny video or I'll remember a stand-up comedian's get and I'll just like, hey, I'm going to plug this on. Okay. And, like, and I'm just going to watch this for five, ten minutes until I can reset with whatever's bothering me and then I'm good. Okay. I like that. That's good. So, um, stand-up comedian is underrated to me for like, hey, I'm having a bad day. I need to turn this around. Go find one of your favorites. Do you have a certain, you have a, a one or two favorite uh, that you really enjoy? Oh, I have a bunch. Um, how to pick one. Uh, I was really into for a while. Who's the guy uh, from the Boston area? He swears a lot, so my wife doesn't like him. Uh, he's incredibly funny. Came to a couple of NASCAR. Bill Burr. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, I mean, he can put me in stitches. Yeah. Uh, easily. He's one of my favorites. Um, I think he's my go-to right now. Not saying he's the only guy I listen to, but right now he's my go-to. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to introduce a little bit of variety to the 12 questions this year. So in addition to, like, the wild card, I have two other ones that are of the same category, but they're slightly mixed. So here, here's what I'm doing. So the, this one is a Dear Abby style question. I ask readers to give me yep. give me your life problems and I'll ask a driver one of these questions. Try to pick, try to match it to a driver that wouldn't fit. So this person okay. says, I'm making some exciting but admittedly nerve-wracking moves in my life. I get married in June. We're looking to buy our first house. My question for you is, for big life decisions, how do you know when it's the right time and how do you know you're making the right decision? Have any of your big choices been wrong and what did you learn from them? Is he asking me whether you should buy a house or not? <laughs> well, I mean, it could be. First it's, off. Whatever it, you say could, could lead them. Uh, down my personal way. advice for most people, not all, there's exceptions, never buy your house. A terrible investment. Biggest lie and scam I ever got when I was younger was buy your house. Hmm. Terrible investment. Uh, you're going to pay, unless you have a lot of money, you're going to pay a ridiculous mortgage. We have very little to no equity. You're now tied down in that location for the foreseeable future because you're probably going to be upside down. Buying a house is one of the worst financial moves you'll ever make in your life unless you're already rich or wealthy. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so that would be my first piece of advice. I'm not sure if he was asking that. Well, he, he might he might be, uh, be backtracking now. So I would tell him, first, don't do that. Go find a piece of property. Lease it. If you get a new job for more money, you can move it any time. If you don't like it, you can get out of there. But for the love of God, unless you're rich, don't buy a house. <laughs> Terrible investment. Um Especially after all the house prices just inflated. Mm -hmm, right. Like, terrible investment. So how do I know when to make a, a good life decision? Uh, mm -hmm. Well, first off, don't make it by yourself. It's an important life decision. Start there. Uh, find somebody that you trust. Find a confidant. Run it by them. Always check the temperature of someone else. That, that's where I would always start, which is what you're doing right now. So you're off to a good start. <laughs> Not that I should be your confidant, though. Find one a little more qualified than me. Um, Outside of that, you're going to get to a spot where you're like, hey, more often than not, this feels like a 50-50 call. If it's a 50-50 call, just do it. More often than not, it'll fail. You'll look back at it. You'll have some regrets, but you'll end up better for it. Okay. Okay. That's very good. I mean, this this is something you could turn into like a uh, speaking tour, honestly. Oh, a speaking tour. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, the, the next thing that's sort of mixed up for each driver is I'm asking people to weigh in on a societal issue or debate or pop culture oh, or something. Oh, oh, so okay. uh, for you, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on 
the rise of chat GPT because yep. I know that you're you're into everything that's going on on the cutting edge of technology and this this fits that sort of um, so a lot has been made of how you know kids at school could use this and use AI for their schoolwork and get around their assignments or essays or whatever um, and so some schools might be changing how they take tests or yep. assign homework what's your feeling on how schools should adapt to this uh, tool that's now available for students to use how should they adapt to it or maybe should should they I mean, they I've got to? radical views on education uh, I mean I, today I think most education is a farce I mean most of what you're gonna get out of school you're not gonna apply to anything in your life it's really more about going through the motions and getting indoctrinated to, to workflows um, so in that sense from a school perspective if your test can be easily passed by chat GPT it's a bad test mm. so you know I read about these schools that are like hey I don't like this test cause I think it was chat GPT well you should look in the mirror because that tells me you have a really bad test mm -hmm. um, so that would be my, my challenge to administrators is come up with quality testing that can't be beat with chat GPT but outside of that you should be proud that there's tools like this that exist that's a good point though because if you're talking about workflows then and that's a tool that people could eventually use in their work absolutely then that's something that you're they should them, maybe get familiar with you're teaching them the wrong workflow to not use it hmm. yeah so this uh, wild card question for you is you're juggling a tremendous amount i mean we talked about it a little bit earlier you've got your driving career team ownership parent of two girls husband owning an advanced manufacturing company i'm sure i missed some other stuff too i have foundation uh, foundation yep, yes yep. foundation um, so, do you ever get any time for yourself? And if so, how do you carve that out? Plane rides and travel. Uh, plane rides and travel. Sometimes at night when the girls have gone to sleep, I'll stay up. Um, and uh, in the shower. Some of your best time. Um, generally, I'm either reading or in the shower, I'm pondering life. It's great thinking time. 100%. And you know what? I love it. I don't, I don't have any regrets. Uh, I get my sense of purpose out of the things I have with my family and out of the businesses. And I don't really need any hobbies outside of that. I feel, I feel fulfilled. You're not burnt out? No. No, I mean, I'm... No. I mean, maybe one day I will be. I mean, I guess everybody does eventually get burned out on something. But um, just keep climbing ladders. Yeah. Uh, in your career, what is the deal that came closest to happening that ended up not working out? Uh, I mean, there's been a couple. This is tough because there's the ones you can share and there's the ones you can't share. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably, I think some people are where there's some people aren't, where I was going to drive the five car. Um, that one was the closest. And they came all the way down to I had fire suits ready for production days. Like it was it was ready to go. And uh, you know, obviously it didn't happen. Um, you know, I had signed contracts, everything. Um, I would say that was probably the closest major deal I had that was ready to go and kinda last minute didn't happen. And this is when Mark Martin uh, yeah. instead. Yep, so you know, I had uh, signed the contract in the fall of 08 to take over the five car we had talked and i didn't i personally and i been the one that has the point i didn't want to announce it at that time 
because uh, I was concerned what it would do to the team morale at Junior Motorsports. Because generally when it's like, hey, this driver's got a cup deal now, it's like, oh, he doesn't care about us. And I didn't, I didn't want that at all for that team. Um, so we agreed to sit on it through the off season of 08 through 09. And then the season starts in 09 and uh, Mark won the race at Phoenix for, for uh, Hendrick. And then the next week I won the race at Talladega. And uh, I'm thinking, you know, it's kind of like eye for eye, tip for tat, like, yeah, we're, we're probably fine here. And then, uh, you know, it was a week later I got the call that was, hey, we're not doing the deal anymore. And I was, I was stunned. Um, it, it took me a while to get over that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I ended up working out. So... I mean, you don't have to go into detail, but if, if you had a contract and every, it was, how can they, how can that? Contracts are paper. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I don't care who you are. Contracts are, I mean, they can always be beaten. Hmm. And, uh, you know, what was I going to do? Take somebody to court? I would never have a job in the sport again. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Wow. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, who is a person that you would be starstruck by when meeting them. I can't really imagine this you getting starstruck by anybody, but uh. I don't get terribly starstruck. Uh, I don't I don't live my life that way. It's not a put down on other people, but I, I just I don't believe in idolizing other other people, which is why, you know you know at NASCAR you get to meet a lot of people. Yeah. Um, more often than not I don't do it. Like I it's just I'm not super interested in it. I, yeah. I don't I'm not a celebrity worshipper. There's people I respect. I mean, there's a lot of people I respect immensely, but no one I really idolize. Yeah, you just like to have a conversation with them if you if they yeah. were around. But yeah, I, mean, I would enjoy a dinner with a lot of people. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'd like to do that or whatever. But I would never ask anyone for an autograph or anything like that. I, I just I don't I don't believe that. And so it's weird to me when people want my autograph. But um, yeah, I guess I respect it. Yeah. What is the single most important skill a race car driver can possess? Hmm. Well, I think there's there's two answers to this question. There's for those that want to endure and be a race car driver for a long time, or for those that want to break through because it changes. Hmm. Uh, when you start, the most important thing you can have is uh, talent and money. <laughs> uh, by the time you have, are experienced and you've made your way through it, it's a high pain threshold. Um, and those are two different kinds of talents. Uh, there's talent like, or, you know, two different types of traits. Talent is kind of something you're born with, but to some extent, so is having a high pain threshold, but maybe that's more life lessons. I, you could probably argue that either way. Um, but from a race car driver perspective, no matter what you do, you know, you win 10% of your races, your hall of fame. So 90% of the time you're losing and it hurts and it sucks. Uh, and that's if you're a Hall of Famer. Uh, so you better learn how to deal with that real quick. 
So uh, the mental pain threshold, even more than the physical pain threshold, or both? Oh, way more. Yeah, the physical stuff's temporary. Yeah. There's trainers, there's surgery, there's all kinds of stuff. You'll get through that. Um, the mental stuff is, you know, stuff. Okay, okay, yeah, wow. What life lessons from a young age stick with you and affect your daily decisions as an adult? Life lessons? Whew. Man, I could ramble on this one forever. <laughs> I got a lot of life lessons. I've learned a lot of hard lessons. They're the best way to learn, by the way, Jeff. Yeah. My dad, he used to wake us up in the morning. And I, I was, I'm always been a, a, a sleeper that I would sleep in. And he would always wake us up in the morning. And, and there was this race car driver we would race against, or he raced against. Uh, and his name was Bobby Bowser. And uh, he would run an ARCA series against him. And it was like my dad, almost like his nemesis. Hmm. It wasn't unfriendly. I don't mean it in that way. But nemesis in the sense of it was like the guy that my dad was always just trying to beat and always kind of coming up short. And so he used to wake us up in the morning, and, and he would say, uh, you've got to wake up early in the morning if you're going to beat the Bowsers, which I realize now was more self-reflective to him than it was uh, to us. But the, the life lesson in that was always to me, like, get up, get going, get the day started, even though you want to stay in bed. And um, I, not, not that I'm perfect at it, but I hear that voice in my head every day and every morning of my life that uh, you know in a competitive element you've got to hustle and you've got to grind and I watched my dad do that uh, you know all of his racing life and uh, it's probably the strongest life lesson I ever got wow I love that I didn't know which direction you're going to go on that because there's so many things over the years that you've told us from your youth and the hard knocks that you had that yeah. I'm sure apply I mean, but that, that's that really one interesting I just, one yeah. I don't know why I think of that one but yeah Maybe I would give you if you. I feel like if you asked me that question ten times, I'd give you ten different answers. Well, this is this is why you should write a book someday. I'm stumping uh, for it publicly. Yeah, <laughs> you need to. You need to. Write I don't a think book. anybody will read my book. <laughs> if they do, it'll be to put me in jail. But <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so each week, I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person. The last one was with Austin Hill, and he wants to keep this uh, vague to see if you knew what he was talking about. Okay. He said, "How was it signing that guy's buns?" Do you know what he's talking about? Yes. Okay. I signed somebody's King's Hawaiian buns. Yes. This past week, Atlanta Motor Speedway. First time I've signed buns. <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad because King's Hawaiian was my sponsor and he was trying to connect. Like, a lot of fans are looking for a connection. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, hero cards, okay, that's something. Die cast. All right. That's another level. Sometimes people will bring, like, gifts which is terrific but honestly I don't know what to do with them mm -hmm. uh, but when somebody brings something that's thoughtful like it, it does catch your attention when you're signing an order for so he brought a, a, a whole what do you call it box of King's Hawaiian rolls and how could I say no <laughs> so it seems like uh, I don't know how long that that guy's gonna be able to hold on to that or yeah keep I don't that. know either yeah I think there's like three to four weeks of shelf life yeah uh, the bag will be good don't get me wrong. Yeah. The rolls, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why they're fresh. Uh, so I don't know who the next interview is going to be with yet. So would you like to give a generic question I can ask the next person? Or would you like you to? You have no idea at all? No, because uh, it'll be 
almost all the way till Talladega. This is how far out I'm, I'm oh, doing oh, okay. these. Yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think I have a good generic question. I would like to know their funniest racing story. Oh, funniest racing story. Yes, because okay. I feel like everybody has a funny racing story of, you won't believe this happened. Okay. You know? Okay. All right. Everybody it, has one. It's kind of like when I meet a policeman or someone like that. It's one of the first things I'll ask. I'm like, all right, dude, I know you've seen some crazy stuff. <laughs> Give me your best. Okay. Like anytime I'm in like a private setting with a police officer and we're just cutting up, that's my go-to question. Like, I know you've seen some stuff. I might not use that word, but you get what I'm saying. Right. I know you've seen some stuff. Like, give me the one. I had this one police officer tell me a story of this uh, woman who was high on crystal meth. Oh, man. And she weighed 80 or 90 pounds. And this police officer, if he had to be 270, 280, big dude. And it wasn't like he was fat, just big. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, she, we were having a problem with her. She was going crazy, as people on crystal meth do. And uh, so me and my partner, we, we start to arrest her. And we take her down and, and put her on the ground. And I've got my leg on her, and I'm kind of laying on her. We're trying to get her hands behind her back to cuff her. And my partner, he's doing the same. He's, and we're fighting. She's fighting really hard. And uh, she gets her hands out because they're trying to hold her by her wrist to cuff her. She flips both hands out, and I, so I, I lay down on her so she can't get up. So she goes into a push-up position. Again, like a 100-pound woman does a full push-up with me on top of her, <laughs> pushes herself up, sprints away. <laughs> He's like, crystal meth will do some crazy things for you. <laughs> wow, and, wow. Uh, anyway. That was one of my favorites. So, like, I, I can only picture, like, because that's my wife's side, 100 pounds. And this guy's, yeah. like, 280. This this woman did a push-up with a 200-some-pound man on her back. Wow. Pushed him all the way up, slipped out, and ran off on crystal meth. <laughs> that's, that's what it says. Anyway, I don't think there's a driver story like that. Maybe there is. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I always enjoy hearing people's crazy slash funny you won't believe these stories okay i love that i love that that would be one of my 12 questions by the way i, I might put if, that if on next Brad year Kislowski's 12 questions it would be what's your craziest racing story yeah okay well this uh the the one about the deal that came close to happening was chase briscoe's suggestion to put on permanently ah, so that was a good one good job chase yeah so anyway thank you for that and thank you for doing this for whatever how many years yeah is. you're welcome so. um how long were we supposed to go did we go over uh, well, let's see. We've been going for 25 minutes here. Oh, God. So. Sorry. Sorry, podcasters. <laughs> if you have something to do, I've Podcast people it. like that. The people that read that are reading it don't like don't. it. They, they'll click oh, off okay. after. So you got to edit me. Uh, it, written version, I probably will. This, okay. I'll just let it ride. Fair enough. People let it listening. Ride. So, let yeah. it ride. Appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you. All right, everybody. There you have it. Inside the mind, once again, of Brad Kozlowski. And uh, hope you learned some things or uh, enjoyed hearing what he had to say. As of now, the plan for the next 12 questions is going to be with Todd Gilland, who has been on a roll lately in the NASCAR Cup Series. So uh, hopefully we'll be hearing from him next. And then uh, I don't know who's going to be after that. So we will see as um, we are fully into spring now and uh, the summer is quickly approaching. Anyway, thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.